Hola, hola, chulas. Hi there. We are experts in intuitive eating for on-again, off-again chronic dieters, and we are here to help you take the guilt and stress out of eating so you can become the first in your family to break the diet cycle, just like we are in our families. We want you to be who you are without food guilt. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, No More Guilt for Melissa and Your Latina Nutritionist for Delina. Are you ready? Let's break the diet cycle. Hola Chula, it's me, Dalida. Before we start, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Your Latina Nutrition. What you are about to listen to is not a professional coaching or counseling session. Each episode is a one-time conversation meant for educational purposes. We are dietitians, but we're not your dietitian. Remember that podcasts don't constitute treatment. If you have concerns about your dieting behaviors, seek out guidance from a medical or mental health professional. And if you're looking for a community, tools to ditch the diet, help with finding authentic health and keeping your culture alive, join my membership brought to you by today's sponsor, me. Before we start, have we told you lately how much we appreciate you? We appreciate that so many of you are out there breaking the bonds of generational diet trauma by opening your minds and learning with us. It really means something, you know? And Delina and I created this podcast because our mission is to break the diet cycle for the next generation. And we know that can't happen without you. That's why if you found benefit from this podcast, we really want you to review and rate us. You know, someone just like you is feeling really lost right now. And by rating and reviewing the podcast, you make it more likely that she's going to find the information she needs, just like you did, to break free from the diet cycle. Will you chip in with us and rate or review the podcast today? Meal planning is one of those things that diet culture has stolen from us, has taken it, has ran with it, and has completely convoluted it and made it feel so unapproachable and scary because it makes you feel like you're going to fall back into diets. And we want to help you take control again. We want to help you feel good about planning your meals, about staying ahead of the game, not stressing on like, what am I going to cook today? And just, you know, giving you some tips that are really, really, really going to allow you to feel comfortable in dipping your toes and planning ahead when it comes to eating. So we brought on no food rules, Colleen, to share a little bit more about how she does it. Melissa and I talk about how we do it. Y'all know me. I'm not the one that's constantly meal planning, but we're definitely going to give you some tips. So take a listen and we hope you enjoy. Hello, hello, everyone. So today we have Colleen Christensen here. Did I say that right? I didn't even ask you how to pronounce your name. You said it perfectly. (laughs) Awesome. I've been called a lot worse. And we are here to talk about meal planning, which seems like such a like icky topic in this intuitive eating world that we live in. So Colleen, can you introduce yourself before we like dive in? Yes, I can. So my name is Colleen. I am an intuitive eating counselor, registered dietitian, all of the things. So I'm very excited to chat with you guys. I feel like we are just three peas in a pod, if we can make that work three musketeers, if you will, but I teach a lot of intuitive eating and I do have a very gentle nutrition focus. I love the science behind it. And my goal is to get everyone to a place where I talk a lot about not focusing too much on just ditching diet culture, but truly 
healing from it and taking the power back from nutrition and health and getting people excited about it because that's what excites me every day. It just gives you a lot more joy with eating. I also like to dance in my kitchen, take walks with my beagle. So if you follow me on Instagram, you're probably very familiar with that. Yeah. So that's kind of a little bit about me in a nutshell. And like many other dietitians in this space, my work really has stemmed from my own issues around food and learning to overcome those. And I'm sure you guys can relate to this, just how much better life feels when you are not stressed about food and when it can become easy again and helping everyone get to that place where we are now. I think it is just absolutely the best career that I could imagine. Oh, I feel the same way. Love it. Life a little bit easier and a little bit lighter. And we're looking at Colleen now with her good vibes only. (laughs) So she's just like projecting that in all ways. (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, that's the point of this podcast, right? We, we definitely want, you know, our listeners to really get a good understanding. Uh, We try not to get too sciencey. Melissa and I can definitely nerd out sometimes. Like the other day we had Samara on here. Not Samara, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Samina. (laughs) You're from (laughs) IBSR dietitian I believe I can't remember now and we're talking about like amylase and all these enzymes and we're I was like oh my god we're getting so technical yeah, it's not a tech <laughs> podcast it's not <laughs> but y'all y'all know we could get a little sciencey in here which is great but yeah so today we really wanted to talk about why meal planning can feel so difficult when we are on this journey and you know I love something that you said about like taking power back because that's exactly what we're trying to teach all of our clients right all every day when we're working with them, like, how do you take your life back? How do you take control and power back from diet culture? Because the, everything is just so ridiculous and like off the rails <laughs> in diet culture world. So we kind of just want to make it fun and easy to understand and achievable for people. I think that that's one of the biggest things, right? Meal planning can feel so rough and hard Mm -hmm. because do we have time? What if I don't like cooking? Like there's just so many things that can feel icky around it. And it's really about taking control. So yeah, let's talk about why meal planning gets such a bad rep. I really think it's because of what we, I mean, this is, I always call these like onion questions because there's so many different layers to it. But I think that the core of it is that we tie meal planning to dieting and all diets are going to fail. So we associate meal planning with this is going to eventually make me feel bad eventually. Cause I'm going to, you know, quote unquote, fall off the wagon or the diet's inevitably going to fail. You did not fail the diet. The diet failed you. They're designed that way. We all know this now. So I think that that's really at the core of why meal planning gets a bad rap. And with that, we do it in such a specific way where we're not following our intuition. We're not following what we need, what we enjoy, and we're following just the plan or the diet. So a lot of times we're prepping these foods that we don't enjoy, that food should be enjoyable, right? It's okay to be like, you know what? That was a delicious lunch that I just had. It gave me a little mood boost for the day. And it can almost, if you are prepping these foods that you don't like, that aren't satisfying to you, it can almost have the opposite effect. You have a little bit of a downer on your day. You walk away from lunch and just kind of like, that was not enjoyable. And I think that if we can get back to also viewing meal planning in a different way, because when we think about it, we think of it is always cooking. We think, okay, if I'm going to do 
meal planning. I have to make these energy bites and I have to make these quinoa bowls and I have to do all of this stuff. It's all of this cooking. And that's just not necessarily feasible for a lot of people for whatever reason. If you just don't have access to the time, the resources, or you just don't like cooking, then that can all, all of a sudden, when we say the world meal, meal planning, if you start to have like those shivers run up your spine, it could be because of the way you were going about doing it. And I think that also kind of one of the last onion layers here is that people are usually doing it. They don't have a strong why for doing it. They're doing it because it's part of the diet. And I think that when you can really start to view meal planning differently as how it benefits you versus something that you should do like a task or a chore, that's when we get like this inherent motivation to do it. Like you want to do it. So I think I'm curious what, what your guys' take on that is. Did that make sense? Did I, oh, for I feel sure. back? Those well, yeah. <laughs> um, everybody knows I record in my bedroom right now and I'm looking at some laundry and I'm thinking about laundry. Like <laughs> this is a life skill. Like meal planning is a mm-hmm. life skill the same way doing your laundry is. And if I held myself accountable to doing laundry in a way like my grandmother did, where she like oh my ironed my grandfather's boxers, like, oh my you know, there was, like the, there's this like rigor around doing the laundry and getting stains out that is so labor intensive and so not joyful that the life skill becomes burdensome. And I think yes. if we make that metaphor to food. If we get super like, okay, well, I can't buy pre-chopped carrots. I have to peel and chop them myself. I can't you know, I have to have a home cooked meal. I can't just assemble nutritious foods together. It turns into Mm -hmm. that burden and it never gets done. Like my laundry I am staring at as we speak. So that totally clicks with me. I have a laundry story. That's really funny that you mentioned that up because this literally happened to me this morning. So we do our laundry every Sunday and this past week, I don't know, sometimes you just don't get to folding it. And I know if we don't fold it by Monday, it's not gonna, it's gonna stay in the lump that it now is on our chair in our bedroom. My husband made a joke the other day. He's like, we should just not even have a closet anymore and just become pile people. We'll have a, you know, pile for the clean clothes, a pile for the dirty clothes. And I'm like, yeah, no, (laughs) So this morning, she's not having that. That's not not Thursday right now, guys, anyone listening to this. So it's still the pile on the bed. And I was getting myself ready this morning. And I was like, why am I like my week honestly could have been so much easier in the morning. Had I had my socks all folded together, had I had my clothes put away and this morning had to go look through my socks. Does this one match this one? I had to, you know, search through it. And I think that, so for me, it's like, okay, noted for next week, fold the laundry on Sunday, Colleen, take the 10 minutes, do it. It's going to make your week go a lot easier. I think you can use that exact thought process in meal planning. It's kind of like, it's not always necessarily something you're going to want to do. Right. I was thinking about this. One of the things that I prepped this week was chicken salad. And I've been having that for lunches. And on Sunday, I didn't, it's not like I was, woohoo, we're going to, you know, chop the apples for the chicken salad. It's going to be great. We're going to get that instant pot out. It's going to be a party. It was, I didn't necessarily want to do it, but I thought of why am I doing this? Right. Then I literally just had the sandwich earlier. It was two seconds to put together less stress in my day and the ease for it. So I think that just really guys, moral of this story is view meal planning, like laundry, right? <laughs> that might not be great for everyone. <laughs> yes. Make it easy and understand kind of the functionality of it. Yeah. And give yourself grace. If sometimes there's piles, like 
if I think when people, when people think about meal planning, they get super all or nothing because that has been the diet connection. Like Mm -hmm. when you were talking about that layer of the onion where they're like, okay, if I start meal planning, then I'm accountable for this at 110% forever and always. And so we shut down. If ever you have a goal that that's extreme and that permanent and that hard, of course, you're going to kind of say, I'm not doing that. So Mm -hmm. knowing anytime your meal planning is not working for you, you can like slow it down and adjust it. It yeah. doesn't have to be that way forever. And you can take breaks. You, I feel like people put so much pressure on themselves in this like perfectionistic world of like, I have to do it every single week. And if I don't like, blah, I'm done. I'm a baddie. Or, um, yeah. Or even like, <laughs> if you do like plan ahead on a Sunday, but something happened, you were out or whatever, like how it's not that difficult. I mean, I don't know what people's lifestyle, but like, you can definitely try on Monday if you have mm-hmm. time or like Tuesday, you know what I mean? Like everybody wants to start on Sunday and everybody wants, or, you know, for diets on Monday, like it's a new week, a new beginning, but it's like, why do we have to be so rigid? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't you just go with the flow? I know that's easier said than done. I'm very much go with the flow. It's your nature. That it is very much my nature. People like Colleen and me are doing copious <laughs> amounts of self-talk to get there. We're I always know. convincing ourselves that it's okay to not I'm be just perfect. Like, whatever. <laughs> As if my, my part-time job is telling myself it's all okay. So yes. and me and me texting her, telling her it's okay. <laughs> Cause it's going to be okay. But no, yeah. Like letting go of that sometimes and understanding that it doesn't always have to be on a Sunday. It could be on a Saturday. It could be mm-hmm. on the Friday before Monday. Like it can be mm-hmm. at any moment in time that you can like put together a few meals for, you know, the rest of the week, or even just I think saying like on a Sunday, I'm just going to like plan ahead until Wednesday and then Wednesday I'll see how I'm feeling. And then I'll plan ahead for like the rest of the week, like stop being so like rigid around it. And it becomes, it becomes easier and better when you don't have so many rules, but also have the availability to be able to put something together very easily. Because once you get in the like hang of that, you're like, crap, how did I live life like this? I know. How was I just like putting shit together? And <laughs> now I have a, a, a like rhyme or reason behind it. But yeah, I think that, you know, we definitely talked about in a little way, like how this, we can use this to our advantage and think of it differently, but can we think of any other reasons or any other ways that we can actually use this to our advantage, not just time, but I, I mean, I'm thinking of some other things, but mm-hmm. how else can we use this to our advantage? Yeah. I think a couple things come to mind for me. For me, I view it as a form of self-care again. Like I know my day is going to go a bunch easier if I don't have, I make, I was, I feel like we all have this like decision fatigue, like get to the end of the day. And it's just like, I've made so many decisions. Like I can't make anymore. So how can I cut down the work that I have to do during the day, whether that is, you know, necessarily what I'm going to have for lunch, because one of my big gripes with intuitive eating the in the social media space is that I feel like everyone gets this idea that we all, it's lunchtime. I open up my fridge and I'm like, what sounds good? And I can tell you like that 99.9% of the time does not happen for me. And it's more of, I guess maybe I kind of like put it through a filter. It's like, is there anything that I'm like, I need this. I want this. I'm craving this. But if the answer is no, which most of the time it's not, I will just be like, okay, cool. I made chicken sale this week. That's going to be fine. Like, I think we need to really get over the idea that every meal has to be amazing. And it has to be this version of 
making a decision about a food choice that you see on Instagram, kind of like that. Okay. What am I craving in the yeah. moment? Cause <laughs> then people get frustrated and they're like, Colleen, like I am so overwhelmed with what, what food choices to make. And that's where I think like, okay, just ask yourself, is there anything like that? I'm craving maybe for lunch. I was like the fruit loops in the pantry sound divine. Maybe there's a day that I decide, nope, I don't want the sandwich. I'm going to have that most of the time. I'm not necessarily having a craving, but when I do, I'll honor that. So I think having that self-care of just understanding this is going to make my week go easier. I know I have something in my fridge that's going to nourish my body. And then kind of on that topic would be understanding how it makes your body feel. So for me, that is huge. I know when I do my meal planning, I know what types of foods make my body feel its best. I know that I had a chicken salad sandwich before this, and I know it's got whole grain bread. It's got protein in it. It's got some fat in there. That's really going to power me. It's not going to be too heavy to where when I get on these podcast calls that I'm doing today, I'm going to feel like I just want to go take a nap. Like I don't feel good. And I think when we can tie it to understanding like, okay, this makes my body feel better. Wow. I'm understanding that I might, the nourishment that my body's getting from this, when I do put a little thought into it, I think that can definitely be used to our advantage of, again, just kind of making our lives go a little easier, thinking less about food and just allowing you to have other room in your brain to do other things in life. Love it. Love it. The meal plan can be informed by what you feel and how, what you yes. go through. Mm-hmm. Yes. It doesn't have to be set in stone. And I think, I think, yeah, people think I wrote it down. I prepped it. I have to eat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, but if you don't want to, if it's going to feel like if you're dreading to have that meal, it's, then don't. But I love that you said that about social media, because I think Melissa and I talk about this all the time. Like social media can sometimes feel like intuitive eating is so perfect. And like, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. always like, eat what you want when you want it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, always honor. And I think that that's just like that 22 character punchline. And it's like, there's so much more to it. There's so much more nuance. Like Today for lunch before this, I had leftover, you know, breaded chicken cutlets because we had chicken parm two nights ago for dinner. And then I had one of those like meal kit. Now I can't think straight. Oh my God. It was like a stir fry meal kit. You know how you could buy like all the chopped up veggies Mm -hmm. already. And I have like chicken cutlets and this amazing stir fry for lunch that I was not planning for. But like I opened my fridge and I was like, oh man. Mm, that stir fry is looking really good right now. <laughs> exactly. And that's okay because now you, because your fridge is full of options. And I think that that's one thing about meal planning that we really overthink is that when you think of diet culture in meal planning, it's prep everything for like, you're going to have this portion of this, this portion of that. Mm-hmm. You're going to put it in one container. You're going to separate it all. You're mm-hmm. going to eat it. Right. But to me, I view meal planning as like have options have Mm -hmm. things in your fridge in your pantry in your cupboards wherever it is that you can throw together throughout the week and create delicious meals that might feel spontaneous and satisfying Mm -hmm. and that's also meal planning yeah Mm -hmm. and like different people have different levels of structure they benefit from like some people are 1000 percent fine with the like home edit perfect lined up containers on top of each other like that doesn't give them the heebie-jeebies at all they love my husband's kind of like this. I showed you his sandwich the other day. Oh my gosh. It's like 
perfectly so perfect. weird. It looks like a cartoon <laughs> of a sandwich. It doesn't look like a real sandwich. I make a sandwich and it's like a Jackson Pollock, like just someone threw like meat and mustard and I don't even know. Very different opposites attract. But he's the kind of person where if you told him this is exactly what you're eating and everything was stacked in, he wouldn't have a sort of disordered or uh, rebellious attitude mm-hmm. toward that. Some of you who have been dieting for a really long time have disordered eating histories, that kind of thing can really trigger some of that anxiety or that rebellion within you. And so that's the thing to like, kind of do that inner work to understand, like, what's the level of structure for you? What's the level of flexibility you benefit from? That's the skill that, that pairs with the meal planning skills to really make this happen. And then Colleen, I think that's what you're doing. Like you're kind of weaving it all together mm-hmm. as you go through your day. And I think you, you talked about that health portion of it and like honoring your body's needs while you're doing this. That is so important because yeah, you want to eat food. That's going to make you feel good, both physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of people forget that when we're talking about intuitive eating, because there is this like idea that like nutrition doesn't matter or that like, you know, you just throw everything out the window and just eat donuts all day, which is like so far <laughs> away from the truth. But yeah, you know, there is some nuance to this and and you have to make it work for yourself. So I think the next thing we're going to segue to is like tips for meal planning that don't feel like food rules for those rebels out there that are like, screw this. I cannot have (laughs) like the same thing every single day. But for some people that does work, but for others, it doesn't. I think it's totally normal to have kind of that like you're kind of talking about, it might feel diety, like, and that's where it's, it's okay. Well, maybe doing it that way feels diety, but let's look at what works for you. So I think that some of the tips are like the first place that I would do is just reflect on, okay, what foods do I enjoy eating? What foods make me feel good? And just kind of starting there, making sure that you are incorporating things that you like into your day. I mean, if I've been talking about chicken salad, if you hate chicken salad, like don't do that just because Colleen was talking about chicken salad or you hate sandwiches or whatever, you know, it might be start with what you actually enjoy eating and try to find that balance of, again, what's going to make my body feel good. And how can you marry those two things together? I think that that's really important because a lot of times we think of diet food when we think of meal planning. I'm going to have, you know, plain chicken. I'm going to have steamed broccoli and it doesn't have to be that way. You can prep or plan, you know, cheesy broccoli. That is fine. If that's the way, you know, that you enjoy it, go for it. One thing I also do is I literally, I'll plan like sweets for the week. Like I always make sure I have, I know I like cookies. I know I like ice cream. So I'm going to have those on hand. Like think of the things that you like, that you enjoy eating. And it's not just going to be like the lunches and the dinners. It's about having those options on hand for when you want them. So I think that's my first step is start with the foods, the foods that you like. And then I think another thing is you don't have to prep everything. So I would say I do mostly meal planning versus meal prepping. I prep a couple things during the week. So like I said, I made chicken salad. I will usually do like my lunch main thing, unless it's like something that you just throw together and doesn't really lean towards preparing, but like a big batch of egg salad, big batch of chicken salad. Those are things that I'll make beforehand. But I think that like for what I do for like breakfast is I'll say, okay, you know what? I could have a yogurt bowl. I could have oatmeal. I could have a smoothie. And usually I will have just like, 
two options in mind for the week. I'll make sure I get, you know, some different fruit for it, whatever it is. And I have those components on hand that way in the moment yesterday, I had a smoothie cereal, as I've been calling it, you mix guys, you've got to try this. If you haven't mix yogurt with a little milk on top of it, or like you can do a protein shake. If you want like a boost of protein in there, it is the best consistency. It's like a smoothie, but cause I just think like yogurt bowls are sometimes too thick and like regular cereals too thin. So try it guys. But so I had that yesterday, but then today I had a quick, like two minute in the microwave baked oats and that was fine. I didn't have to do anything in the moment, but I knew I had that stuff on hand. Same thing with like my snacks. I don't necessarily prep anything for them, but I know, okay, I have these protein bars for a snack. I have, you know, maybe these crackers and some cheese or something like that. You don't have to do anything for it, but sometimes it's just planning those things. And then I do the same thing for dinners. I don't necessarily prep anything, but I, what I do, and I think that this can also take some time is I found like a handful of 20, 30 minute meals that I enjoy that both me and my husband enjoy that are easy to put together that nourish my body that kind of check all the boxes. And I just kind of rotate them. So I will plan, okay, before we go to the grocery store, I'll say, okay, Monday, we're going to have this Tuesday. We're going to have this Wednesday, Thursday. So I know I have those things on hand, but a perfect example is what did, what did I plan last night? I planned, I was going to do cheese at chicken tenders, one of my favorite things. And it got to the end of the day. I was so exhausted yesterday. I was just like drained. And I was like, I can't, I literally can't fathom breading the chicken tenders. Like that's that just labor. sounds like way, that is way too much work. I cannot do it. And normally I'd be fine doing that. But so I was like, you know what? We're going to throw just a stir fry together. So I was able to adjust to that, having just extra sauces on hand for those times when you just need something easy. Pasta in your pantry is going to be huge for that pasta sauce, just for those nights when you're like, I just can't with what I had planned. And that's okay. But understanding that it doesn't always have to be this grand, I'm going to put everything in a container. I'm going to prep, you know, cut all the veggies. Like it doesn't have to be that way. Cause a lot of times when we think about that, it's another task. And that doesn't sound joyful. That sounds like something I'm adding my to-do list. Of course, I'm not going to want to do it. So I think not having to prep everything and focusing more on planning can also be a tip like, like I kind of mentioned, you can also deviate from it, giving yourself that option of saying, I have these things on hand, but if the day comes and I don't want that, you absolutely don't have to have that. And I just think being practical, kind of like we talked about is it's not always going to be that this is exactly what I want on Sunday. You might not be able to tell what am I going to crave on Thursday? And I think that's something that I hear a lot. Okay. Well, I don't know what I'm going to want on Thursday. I don't know what I'm going to want on Thursday either, but I think also there are sometimes what I'll kind of do in those instances is I'll ask myself, okay, let's go with the chicken salad example. Cause I've been talking about that. If I had prepped chicken salad and was going to have sandwiches for lunch and it got to lunchtime and this has happened on many occasions. And I've been like, I don't want that. I'll ask myself, I'm like, is there anything else that I do want? Anything else that sounds good to me? That sounds like, yes, I do want that. Sometimes the answer is yes. And I'll have that. But sometimes the answer is no. And I'm just truly like, nothing really sounds good. 
in that moment, I'm likely going to eat what I prepped anyway, even though it doesn't sound exactly what I want, because I know I need something and it's there and it's easy and it's okay. If not every meal is mind blowing. Sometimes we eat mostly out of practicality, especially in the lives we lead today. I mean, if I were to have said, oh my gosh, like Chinese takeout sounds like the amazing thing to have, but is that feasible to you? Do you have access to it? If yes, go for it. But if not, sometimes you just have to be practical and understand it's not always going to be amazing. Sometimes our bodies just need food. And I think that takes time to figure that out and start to kind of like learn that. So if anyone's listening and you're just thinking about getting into back into the planning kind of thing, know that it takes time and you're going to try some things. Things might feel good. Things might not feel good. And it's all a learning experience. You're gaining your own nuggets, the wisdom, and you're forming what feels good to you and what works for you. I'm really glad you said that because Colleen, I'm going to tell you something. You're amazing at food. I've seen what you've done in this vlog. I'm watching how you think she's like, the texture of the protein, like you have a very creative mind. And that, what that means is like you aspire to make beautiful, high quality textured food that is fun and playful. Like I can see you in the food that you share on your page. That, might, that might not be you as a listener. And so that's, mm-hmm. I think that was such a nice and open thing to share with people. Like you might not aspire to use your time to go through the iterations and the process it takes to get as good at this as Colleen mm-hmm. is. And she's offering you now this opportunity to say, well, okay, maybe I'm not going to have this, like I'm not gonna be a blog status food creator. And that's okay. Cause there's other parts of you that are wonderful and fabulous. You don't have to mm-hmm. be that thing. And that's another big pushback on diet culture. Cause I think diet culture tells us that like good women and good eaters also have good, beautiful food all the mm-hmm. time. And that's actually not true. Like yes. you cannot give a shit about your food. <laughs> like you, you can- could- you can be okay with cheese and crackers for lunch, man. Like that's, that's a valid way of being too. So I love that you can like get excited about the big picture and the beautiful and the, you know, that, that grand expression of food, but also get excited about basic food too. Mm -hmm. I think that's so awesome. Yes. And you can plan guys, you can, you can literally meal plan a PB and J. Like it does not have to be anything crazy. Again, what is feasible for me? What is accessible to me? What is realistic for me? Because I think that a lot of times we see the stuff on social media and we're like, I should be using all these, you know, special powders, the spirulina, make it blue, like all these things. And it's like, not necessarily like you can just, you could plan. I'm going to grab a banana and some peanut butter for a snack. Like it can be so simple. Yes. And there's no shame in using help in things like mm-hmm. I hate cooking. Everybody that listens knows I absolutely hate cooking. I had, I was going for a while with my show me your uglies. Sometimes I, I still do it. And it's like, my food is never pretty. It's delicious, but it's not pretty. Like I am not like, yeah, your food looks amazing all the time. And my food is like, Bleh, I'll put together. But I, and I love mixing everything, which, you know, some people hate, but I also use HelloFresh because I have two kids. My husband gets home late from work. I'm working late as well. And it's so much more convenient for us mm-hmm. to have something there already that he can start while I'm on a call and we can all have a meal ready to go because mm-hmm. that's what works for us as a family. And Sometimes you just have to do what works for you in that particular time of your life. Do we use HelloFresh all the time? No, we don't usually do it in the summer because we have more time. There's more light out. We can grill. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, because it's cold where all three of us live. (laughs) 
but it also doesn't have to be the same for the rest of your life. You're allowed, you're allowed to change and evolve and move things around, meal prep for certain times or plan for others. You know, I prep only onions, peppers, and like, I throw that in everything, but then I, I buy everything else frozen so that it's there and I could just like throw it in a meal. You can do what works for you and it doesn't have to be crazy. And you could also plan ahead for takeout. <laughs> yes, you yeah, oh, for sure. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's funny that you say that too, because it's for right now, it's just me, my husband and our dog. So we don't have kids or anything like that, but it's something that I think about. And we talk about too, we're like, we wonder how, you know, our meal planning and prepping is going to change if we decide to have kids and it's going to. So I know that like for me right now, I love at the end of a day, turning the TV on and just cooking a super easy meal, nothing. I mean, tacos, something like super easy. And for me, that's like relaxing at the end of the day. That's not going to be that way forever. I know there's going to be a time when I'm like, I don't have time to sit here to do this. I need something like freezer meals, just pop it in the oven. Don't have to think. So I think that, yes, it's going to ebb and flow throughout your life and let it and lean into bottom line. I think meal planning or prepping should make your life easier. If it's making your life a ton harder, you might need to rethink how you're doing it or why you're doing it or what way you're doing it. But I think that in whatever capacity, it should be making your life easier. Here, here. I love it. (laughs) Yes. And one last thing that I always tell, you know, my clients is that diet culture doesn't get to steal all of these things from us. Like why do they get to steal meal prepping and meal planning? Mm -hmm. Like you might have an aversion to it now, but you might notice later on in your journey that you actually do enjoy it. And the reason why you didn't enjoy it was because it was stuck to so many rules. Mm-hmm. So like you, you have to be open to changing, evolving, growing, and then they don't get to steal healthy behaviors from us. Yes. So yeah, that's, that's all I got to say. <laughs> Thank you for that. Two cents. We appreciate you. <laughs> So yeah, I guess the last thing we kind of want to like wrap up with fun since you love cooking and we love following your blog and all your pretty pictures, like how do you have fun with your meal plan and planning ahead? You shared some tidbits, but I don't know if you have some other, I know you yeah. shared like sweets and things like that, but yes. So I think one thing that I think instantly makes any meal more fun is some sort of like what can you do to just like fancy it up? So for instance, last night we had a quick stir fry. It was not like pretty, but I know that if I put like sesame seeds on top of it, just a sprinkle, it's going to make it feel fancy. It's going to make it more enjoyable. So even if you are doing like leftovers or something or like everything, but the bagel seasoning can add some flavor to that. Or my husband likes sriracha. I don't like spicy, but when he puts it on it, I'm like, that looks so fancy. Like that looks like it would just be so much more satisfying. And the squirt bottle is like, (laughs) so any sort of like things that you can put on top of it, even if it's not adding nutritional, even if it's not adding flavor, maybe it's just zhuzhing it up a little bit. I think that that is huge. I, this morning I had, what did I have? I had, I don't, I don't even know what you'd call it. I just random stuff I put together. I had a banana. I put some peanut butter on it, put some cereal for crunch. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put sprinkles on top of this. Why? I just need a little pep in my step. I just need to make it a little more fun. Sometimes I'll do that with oatmeal or something like that, just to give it some color. So I think condiments are huge for that and understanding we also eat with our eyes. So what, what could you add to that to make it just a little bit more fun for the actual act of eating it. 
So that's one of my, one of my big things. I love sprinkles on top of smoothies too, guys. It just gives you an instant, instant mood boost. I also think one thing you can do too, is just switch, switch things up in some capacity and it doesn't even have to be the food. So for me, I like to switch up, you know, the fruit that I use for breakfast and just get, I mean, a, that's going to give you some gentle nutrition there because it's going to give you a variety of colors. That's going to give you a variety of micronutrients, but it's also going to give you a variety of flavors and just allow it to be a little bit interesting but also think about things maybe like where you eat your meal. Can you go outside and enjoy it? I think that, you know, how you eat it. Can you, like we kind of talked about, focus on the visual aspect of it. How can I make this a little more enjoyable in that sense? Especially if you're someone who's like, I hate cooking. I like like having a fun meal. It doesn't have to be that you are, you know, cooking a super fun meal itself, but how can you add fun to the meal? I think that just makes it more enjoyable. And then, planning in some time to try something new if you want to. So whether that is a new vegetable or a new recipe, I love cooking, but I know during the week, I am not going to try a new recipe because that typically sounds like way too much work. What, like, I, I, I don't have time for that to make sure I do it right, follow the recipe. So I plan Saturdays are my day where I can try that stuff. I can try something new, not feel so much like, oh, I'm tired at the end of the day. Now I have to do this, you know, extra task that I put on myself. So Saturdays, Saturdays are kind of my time to switch things up, try something new. If you love that recipe, cool. Now I can add it to, you know, my easy weeknight meals, um, but giving yourself some room to play and try some different things I think can just zhuzh up the the boredom that can happen like two weeks ago when I decided I don't know if you know Allison Roman she was like a New York Times chef whatever I got her cookbook was very excited Mm -hmm. about it and one of her recipes looked so delicious so me and my husband put it up on a Wednesday without really fully reading that recipe and in the middle of the day he's like I'll take care of it completely missed we had a world war three epic blowout over this because I'm like what? Why didn't you start it? And so I wish you had just told me to Melissa, that's a Saturday recipe. That is not a Wednesday recipe. Okay. You don't, you don't mix it up like that on a Wednesday. Your marriage is at stake if you do such things. So, I mean, that is a hot tip. Make your hobby cooking on the weekend, not on Wednesdays. Yes, absolutely. And then Like I could also touch that, like planning in some of those fun foods. So I will always have like cookies or ice cream or something like that on hand, because I know throughout the week, I'm going to have a sweet tooth. I can guarantee you that. So leaning into that, and you can also lean into, okay, if I know I usually have a sweet tooth in the morning, maybe I don't plan eggs for breakfast. I can tell you, I don't plan savory breakfasts because I don't like savory things. So I lean into that and noticing, do I have any trend, any craving trends? And how can I, again, kind of plan for that and lean into it rather than fighting it? First of all, I'm cracking up at a lot of things right now, but (laughs) whipped cream, everybody knows whipped cream is my thing. I add it to everything. And I like, actually, as I have... (laughs) It's like on your desk, Delina. That is coffee. (laughs) Does it even form a cream anymore? Is it liquid? How long has it been out of the fridge? That's shaking. It's really cold (laughs) in my kitchen, but I'm cracking up because as I don't know, probably you were like noticing that my, my son was in here and he was like rummaging and like climbing the pantry. And then he's like, I want an ice cream sandwich, which we always share one. And he's like, I want you to cut it and share one, but we're out. (laughs) 
I'm like, we're going to go buy it after this. We'll go get the ice cream. But he's like so used to having like this sweet little ice cream sandwich with me. I love that. We don't have any more. And so he's like really upset right now. So I have to go to Trader (laughs) Joe's after this. But yeah, I mean, I love that. And also for the people that don't like cooking like me, I plan my fun meals and trying new cuisines for takeout because I cannot cook, right? I do not like to cook. I know how to cook Dominican food. And that's about it. If I try to adventure out, I can't follow directions. I have like attention issues. Everybody knows this. So I plan <laughs> Melissa. Knows. I love you so much. I do. I just do. As you are. So for me to have fun foods, for me to try new foods, I have to go out. We try new restaurants all the time. My friends are like, you're always at a restaurant with those kids. I'm like, my kids are world cuisine. Okay. We go everywhere. They know how to sit. They know how to act. We eat. <laughs> And that's how I add pleasure to my meals. I love that. That's okay. As long as it's on the menu, your way. I'm 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 ready. I'm game. I'll try anything once. Love that. So I think that I think we gave everybody some good tips. Much to think about. Yeah. And you know what I was thinking, Melissa, as we were like talking about this. I love kind of like the transition our podcast has taken. Like at the beginning, we were very just like. These are the steps, blah, blah, like not the steps, but these are the, these are the principles. These are the, and now we're like really getting into like the nuance. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we've done the gentle nutrition, you know, podcast episode. We've talked a lot about a, like the technical, you know, nuance behind a lot of this. And now we're getting more to like the fun. Like now when you're a little bit more experienced, you can try a lot of these things. Right. And it doesn't have to come from a fear, fearful place. And I don't know. It's exciting. I just thought about how much we've evolved. <laughs> I love that. And I think that really reflects like the intuitive eating jer- 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 journey in general, because if someone is listening to this and they're brand spanking new to intuitive eating, yeah, I probably wouldn't recommend that you start necessarily here. Like I, that's not where I would necessarily recommend. And I think that, th- but this is where I at least hope everyone can get to this point where we're talking about, it is fun to think about these things and it does, you can focus back on incorporating these things back in and in a way that works for you. And I mean, that's how like we get so jazzed up about this, but just know that again, it's a, just like you talked about, we start with the more basic stuff. We start with like, what is this? How do we get there? And then you get to the more, okay, now let me experiment with this. What works for me? How does it fit into my life? What makes it fun for me? I think that just so beautifully mirrors like the intuitive eating journey in general. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Colleen. I mean, we've been yapping for a while, (laughs) but can you tell everyone where you can be found? You know, where can people follow along for your beautiful recipes? (laughs) Thank Um, you. Yeah. I, you can find me at no.food.rules, Instagram, TikTok. I'm on YouTube as Colleen Christensen, and you can find my recipes on ColleenChristensenNutrition.com. The chicken salad I've been talking about is the apple pecan chicken salad. And guys, you have got to try the no churn ice cream. I have a ton of recipes. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to meal prep those fun foods too. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And I might have to try that ice cream because this oh, child it's loves so good. ice cream. It's so it's so easy, guys. <laughs> it you sounds will, like you need some extra. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it rivals Ben and Jerry's, but I'm not not gonna say that. Oh boy. Well, <laughs> you heard it here. You heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and we'll put, put all that in show notes too. So if you guys want to after the episode check out Colleen's stuff, you can get started. 
Yes. Love thank it. you, Colleen. Thank Thanks, you Colleen. for, for was... having me. My cheeks hurt from laughing. That's how you know it's, it's always a good episode. <laughs> we love to hear that. Amazing. Take care, everybody. We made meal planning fun again. <laughs> we have some tips on how you can move along your weeks, your days, your years. <laughs> I'm making too many problems. Yeah, I think I'm, you lost <laughs> I lost Melissa. And, and better in your life, right? Because I think that, like, ugh, I just, like, it makes me so angry that diet culture steals so much from us. And you it want just it to makes be everything easy. so extreme. Yeah, like, it ain't that serious, you know? Do what works for you and your family. So I'm just really excited about all the tips that that we were able to compile in this episode. And also, like, making it so stress-free. Like, I think that that's really the most important thing it's that it shouldn't be so stressful if it's causing you stress then we gotta we gotta think of another way of doing it so really you know it's all about taking control and you know doing what works for you and your body and your family so you know this is really what we're teaching you in this the club how do we take all of this information how do we take everything that's coming at us on instagram newsletters books and you know the world, the media, everything. And how do we, you know, figure out the nuance, use that critical thinking and apply it to ourselves and nobody else. So we are an amazing community of chulas who are lifting you up, holding your hand, cheering you on and giving you the tools that you need to finally find health and keep your culture and feel amazing. So if you're here and you're listening and you would like to you know, find your health authentically and keep your culture alive, I invite you to come join us in the Chula Club. And you can find us on yourlatinanutrition.com and you can check out all the resources we got there. So I can't wait to see you all there. I love it. Thanks for being here and for being who you are. Peace, love, and break the diet cycle.